Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The reason this league is as soft as it is, is because of them damn Detroit Pistons. They were the ones that made this league soft. <laughs> damn. Oh, they hell no. Oh, it's their fault? It's like that? No, you know what? No, 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 Brett, I can't Michael let you. Jordan, they were protecting Michael Jordan, and then the rules of the game changed. You guys did not only foul once. I love that shit. I was telling somebody shit the other day. I said Detroit had the shit where they would foul you once, but that gave the other dude the chance to foul your ass you be like, no, you guys would make sure that you guys spread them around, get the foul yeah, going. No, no. The funny thing is that we knew, okay, like Dominique would come to the hole. Do you remember how Neek would come up to the hole? We'd foul him once, and then next year we fouling him again because it's like we told you don't get up in here and try to dunk on our ass. We're gonna try to, you know, you come in, you're gonna feel that floor. The big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. All right, it's another episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast. I'm Josue Pavone, joined by, of course, my co-host, Cedric Maxwell, uh, bringing in the new year. Hope everyone had a great new year, safe holiday. And we got a special guest, man, coming into 2024 with a very special guest. He's Rick Mahorn, uh, 89 Pistons champion. The twi- he's in his 20th season as the uh, radio commentator for Pistons Radio. He's Rick Mahorn. He's on the Cedric Maxwell podcast. What's going on, Rick? How are you doing? I'm doing great, sir. I'm very, you know, I'm very excited of being on this uh, podcast with Oh, Cedric. no, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on one second, Mac. We, we keep it 100 here, man. That wasn't, that's not no, the Rick no, Mahorn no, I was no, just speaking no, with. No, no, you, you saying a, you keep it 100, not <laughs> 100. We keep I it didn't 100 say 100. I didn't say it right. You're right. You're right. We keep it a hundred. Anyway, what's good, man? What's good? <laughs> Nothing much, man. You tell me. You're on the road out west. Uh, something's getting ready to take on that same Utah Jazz team. But uh, of course, we're going to talk about the the Pistons and the rest of the NBA. But how are you doing? How was your New Year? Oh, my New Year is great. I mean, I made it into 2024. I guess I'm still the same as I was in 2023. Just a couple of days older. Broke the fucking streak, baby. That's what I'm talking about. We should have broke. We should have broke it when we played y'all last week. Yeah, I saw that one coming. Yo, what were you two talking about, by the way? Which, by the way, for our viewers out there, uh, if you're not a stranger to the media section during the Celtics and Pistons game, this is common. But I want to know in this particular situation with, with a 27 game losing streak on the line, what were you two yapping about? Rick, let me let I'll go first. Then, since I'm the senior here, Rick was. 
give me some, he just give me some shit early on because they went ahead by 20 points. And I kept telling him, I said, just wait, just wait. And eventually we reeled their asses in and I turned around and did like a fishing hook and grabbed my boy and I brought him <laughs> back in. But they played That's well. Right. And, and, and what surprised me about all that, Rick, is really how can a team lose so many games and they play that hard? Those, those dudes play hard, man. And, and I'm just shocked that they can lose that many games. Well, the fact that, you know, you say that they play hard, you have to play hard every night, Brad. We played uh, against everybody. It didn't matter who it was or what the score was because sometimes people underestimate what your ability is. And these young men have a great ability. It's just trying to get it 48 minutes all together. Some that, you know, you'll go like, okay, you had three great quarters, but then that fourth, one of those quarters, you go, oh, man. But, I mean, ever <laughs> since... You know, ever since the game against uh, you guys up there in Boston, it's been a total turnaround as far as intensity. And that's what you need to have, intensity and identity. And hopefully this these last couple of games that we even started in this new year, we've lost one. Uh, it was kind of ugly at the second half, but the first half against the Houston Rockets was a very good game. And then that second half, you know, the turnovers. And then last night, the game against the, the Jazz, it was the turnovers. And so when you have a team that's, you know, have the the youth, but also some of the veterans, like even last night watching uh, Bondanovich, you know, go off on his old Utah team and, and Alec, Alex Burks, they played, you know, it was like it was one of those uh, – like a heavyweight fight and it went into uh, overtime and you go, Hey, we, we can get it. We can get it. But you know, Hey, sometimes you don't get this call or that call, but you know how it is. This basketball is, it's always ebbs and flows of this game. And I'm just hoping that the, the Pistons can write the ship a little bit more, especially in 20 uh, and 2024. Well, the thing that really more so amazed me about that game in Boston was your statement after the game. First time I hear Rick, Rick saying, you know, he said, Brad, that was a good game. That was a good-ass game. <laughs> and, yes, and, it you was. Know, and, and you and I, we see we see so many games. We've been around so long. You're going, yeah, that was a game. That was, but that was a good, hard-fought game. Your guys played hard. The Southerns played hard. And the Southerns, you know, the Southerns were trying not to be that team to get off that, let uh, Detroit get off that losing streak in that. Fortunate for Southern way to do it. I want to ask you about you know this league and how it's played because obviously you were you were one of the more physical guys ever in this league. You and I don't know why it comes out you and Charles Oakley. That's always a Rick Mahorn, Charles Oakley, Rick Mahorn, Charles Oakley. That's all I hear. And and I remember you teaching, you know, Charles Oakley the ropes when he first got in this league. Well, the thing is, Brett, you know, we come from uh, HBCUs, and every time you look at it. We always had to fight, you know, between Oakley or or even Ben Wallace. Guys, even like today's that we have Robert Covington in from Tennessee State. It's always been understated that we went to a small, you know, went to a historically black college where you say, oh, they really ain't had no basketball players there. But if you look at the history, I mean, come on, man. You, you look at the history, you got guys like Willis Reed. Clement Johnson, I mean, guys that you go, look, Sam Jones from Earl, Earl Monroe, Earl, Earl mm -hmm. Pearl Monroe, and Bobby Dandridge. So I look at them, I mean, it's a plethora of guys that played in this league that are from historically black colleges. We just don't get to do. 
And then while we're in there being physical, that's what we do because we always knew we had to fight in order to establish ourselves, even in even in college. And you know that being down there in UNCC. And so I, I just look at it going, wow, basketball has been very, very influential with me, uh, the way that we play. But when I saw that game after we played you guys, we ended up playing the, breaking the streak with the Toronto Raptors, and they just made this huge trade. And, you know, we could talk about that, you know, uh, OG Ananobi going to the Knicks and then, you know, uh, they get, they're picking up guys like uh, IQ, uh, Emmanuel Quigley, and a couple other players. But this is what this league is all about, trying to find, you know, where last, I think last night was the first time it was the high scoring all across the board. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. 100 and we almost had 150 points, but this is what the league is looking for. It's entertainment. Well, it wasn't the entertainment when you play, you and I play. It was entertainment when we played, but we we learned a different brand of basketball. You know, Brad, it was like, who's got next? We ain't want to take who had we, – we, we want to stay our asses on the court. Fuck that. You know, you go like, who's got next? Fuck that. I want to play. You know, it's like I'm trying to stay on the court. And we used to play outside in the street. Now it's it's a, it's a totally different. It becomes it, – as – as this league grows, you find guys, oh, I got my my own trainer. Oh, and I, I got my own uh, nutritionist. And, oh, I got my own cook. And I mean, hey, if you can enjoy life like that, that's cool. But we had, remember, we grind. It was a grind of just even getting in the league or just even a grind to even have something to eat. You know, you look at yeah. it, you'd be on the road. It's like now you can go get breakfasts right there. But back in the day, you catching a commercial flight, our asses was sitting up there <laughs> eating hot dogs with sauerkraut or some <laughs> shit, shit like that. Because I remember Jeff ruling every time we would go on a trip, he would go get a hot dog, sauerkraut, and a chocolate milk so he can be stanky as hell on the bus. <laughs> I mean, you remember, Brad, we sit up there, we sit up there in first class and you go... Oh, somebody just cut one. Oh my god, this nasty shit. You guys all have to pay for that, huh? Damn. Yeah, <laughs> we all that. have to pay for it, especially if you sleep. And then, you know, somebody turn around and look at you, be laughing like they about to pee on themselves. And it's like, man, this is disgusting. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money bet. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 800-GAM-1234. But just, you know, this, a- is I, this is what I'll say about this league, Josue, and this is for Ricky Mahorn. The reason this league is as soft as it is, 
It's because of them damn Detroit Pistons. They were the ones that made the team so. Damn. Hell no. Oh, it's their fault? It's like that? No. You know what? No, no, Brett. I can't let you. They were protecting Michael Jordan, and then the rules of the game changed. You guys did not only foul once. I love that shit. I was telling somebody shit the other day. I said Detroit had the shit where they would foul you once, but that gave the other dude the chance to foul your ass too. You'd be like, you guys would make sure that you guys spread them around, get the foul yeah, going. No, no. The funny thing is that we knew, okay, like Dominique would come to the hole. Do you remember how Nick would come up to the hole? We'd foul him once, and then next year we fouling him again because it's like we told you don't get up in here and try to dunk on our ass. We're gonna try to, you know, you come in, you're gonna feel that floor. But it was just the fun, you know, it was more of the competition where did did we change the rules or did you want to market certain people. And then yeah. in the league, and Michael is the new the new generation. You know, you had Doc, who was older. You had uh, Bird, who got older. You had Magic, who was getting older. Who was going to take the league to the next level? And so, you know, David Stern and say, okay, this is going to where we're going to have Michael. And then now, all of a sudden, everything is individualized. You know, it's like, it was like, okay, what well, used to be, it used to be, uh, you know, we played the Celtics. It was on and popping. But now it's like when I see last night, it was a game, uh, Indiana and Milwaukee. Now, that is like, that's some bad blood right there. And, and Brad, you, you know it's some bad blood when you saw them trying to get the basketballs and stuff. And then last night, Indiana just whooped their ass again. It's like, damn, man, y'all, y'all, y'all lost to them four to one in the regular season. But it's a... It's the it's a totally different animal now. It's like you got zones, and I'd be sitting there looking at. In college, we used to see zones. We used to, ah, some some people, you know, being from being from the all black college, ain't nobody really throw no zone on you. But when they did mm-hmm. throw a zone on you, you better learn how to play. That's yeah. fundamental basketball. Yeah. What's something about that? What's something about your generation that you think carried over to this one? If you have to think of one thing in particular. You talking to me or talking to Brad? I'm talking to you. One thing in particular, hey, jerseys just changed. You keep going to play in the game of basketball. Hey, just more trade? It's just more. Right now, it's more uh, players' empowerment. Mm-hmm. Sh- shit, if you got trade, I remember being in the locker room getting ready to go play another team, and this dude just got traded, right? right? It's like <laughs> he just going from one locker room to the other. You go like, Yo, man, where you fuck you going? <laughs> and he like this. He like this because you know that he like. Oh, I got traded over here to Chicago, man. Shit. Hey, have a good one. Good luck. It's called a job. Keep getting that money. <laughs> but let, let me let me ask you this: Would there ever have been a time in your career? And I know almost no. I already know what you're gonna say. Uh, but would there ever been a time in your career that you would have traded jerseys with the with the opposition with another player? Oh, that's a new thing. You. Yeah, no, because I couldn't trade a jersey back then. We get fined because we only had two of them. We we had two. We had two home and two away. And if you fucked any of them up, you had to pay for it. Come on, Brad. I'm keeping it. We're keeping yeah, it. Yeah, man. That reminds me of my high school. If if you had an opportunity back then and they had extra jerseys like they do now, would you have ever traded the jersey with an opposing player? Hell depends no. On the, hey, listen. 
Hell no, but the way it is now, you can get my <laughs> I can take, get my damn jersey off the wall and sell that fucker for about three, four grand. <laughs> all depends on if you got the money, baby. No, nah, but I mean, in all seriousness, hell no, nah, I wouldn't have traded no jersey with no other. Jersey. I would have loved to have I, seen you trade jerseys with Kevin McHale. You were Kevin McHale or trade with Larry Bird. I would look, I ain't, I, listen, I ain't even want to trade jerseys with my teammates. Why would I want to trade jerseys? <laughs> Shit, you know, man. You know what it is? It's like, you know, because of the marketing and all of a sudden it becomes, you know, the collectors. And everything becomes, you know, like Michael Jordan's uh, Converse Chuck Taylor shoes that he had on in college went for a million dollars. You know, you look at it, it's like, well... It's like, damn, ain't that trash? You know, you go like, yeah. isn't the, the, the bottom of the G, the things explode? What do we used to do? Throw them away. Now it's like, you know, Kareem goggles or, you know, were these goggles? It's like, man, you look at people be asking me, you got some old stuff that you know you don't want. And I'm sitting there going like, well, how much you want to pay me? Because it's like, <laughs> listen, it's, it's all about money now. I mean, your autograph, they want to make sure that you got blood on it so you can have it so it can be authenticated. And so I got my championship jerseys up on my wall. And I even got my college jerseys up on my wall in my office. But it's like, people, well, how much you want to say? It's like, damn, if I was like in desperate need of some money. But then again, I might be like Bill Russell, sell all that shit. I ain't going nowhere. Get all, get your money, get it. Because if you want to give me fifty thousand for a damn ring that costs two, 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 what, three grand, four grand, or five grand, show me the money. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good investment. That's right. That's yeah, right. But even right. with these jerseys now, you got to look at that. They're all authenticated because now they got numbers in it. You know the dates and all that stuff, and you go like. Do I want so-and-so jersey? Because my may make some money off this one later on in life. So you never know. Kobe stuff is is hot. You know, everybody's looking to have a piece of history. Yeah. Absolutely. But no, yeah, I wouldn't no, trade my it is nowadays. Look, I wouldn't trade my jersey. If I was playing today and, and I had to check, man, I don't want nobody funky-ass jersey. No, that's right. <laughs> because hey, hey, listen, you don't know we had to wash our shit on the road. You, some yeah, people didn't do it. Nah, some I'm people. Sure. Oh, I'm people, sure there was oh. a bunch of people who did it. You know, I can't imagine. I'm gonna jump it real quick because I'm gonna ask ask Rick this. You were involved in one of the most iconic plays in Celtic history. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. Just wait a minute. When you threw the ball off with Jerry Seastees. When you guys were playing in the playoffs and you were like, yes, sir, and it was going the other way. Take us through what happened after that. Yeah, what's this? I was like, have to. Because, man, you were looking at me all crazy when I said you were involved in one of the most iconic plays. You're like, what? Yeah. yeah, he was thinking it's gonna be a bad player or something. I thought it was gonna be a fight or some shit. No, Damn. Uh-uh. no here, Brad, <laughs> let me just say this to you at that particular time. You know, I, like I said, played my defense was what I always did, and, and knocked it off of. Uh, oh, not no, I knocked it off of Bird. I thought it was off Jerry Seastees. No, it was Bird. Okay, and then and I was pumping my fist, but I was looking yeah. over there at the bench, and um, Chuck Daly was c- telling me to call timeout because I'm the guy that takes the ball out, 
And that dog on Isaiah <laughs> took the ball out, and I love Zeke to death. And his, I'm gonna tell you, he had, a, he, and he said it, he had a brain fart, whatever. But he was, because I'm the one that's supposed to get the ball. So the, now the ball I know. Now I know down. what play we're talking about. Now, okay. yeah, yeah. So I'm sitting there looking, pumping my fist, and looking at Chuck. Chuck was called, had the, the timeout high in the air, and I'm getting turned around. I'm about to tell the referee timeout. No, nope, he took the ball out, tried to get it into Joe. They got uh, DJ, uh, no, Bird stole the ball. Yeah. And yeah. then DJ, DJ got then, the layup. That was yeah, the hard and that, and that was game five. And it's like, jeez. It's like, <laughs> damn, we don't fought these Celtics so it was so long, so long. And, you know, and they were a very good team. And then finally, you know, then we had to play game six to go home. But in that locker room, it was just sad that, you know, Isaiah felt really bad because he knew I was supposed to take the ball out. But I don't even – I don't bring that up to him all the time. I only bring it up to him. <laughs> we, 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 talk, we, hey. we had a chance to talk to him about that play. And he said, man, he said, I felt like shit when I got in that locker room. He said, everybody just kind of looked at me. And yeah. The, the coolest thing about it, I think, was they, he was talking about the sixth game that was played, I guess, in Detroit. And he yep. said, Larry Bird dapped him up before the game. So, man, it, it's okay. Because I think as ball players, we have a, a a kinship. And we know when somebody fucked up. And we know when great players do what they do. But that was so cool for Larry to do that. And, uh, you know, for Isaiah to feel like that. And for you guys to play the way you did in, in those upcoming games. Yeah, because we had to play game six at home. And if we didn't win that one, we would have lost. But... You know, every time we go down there, you know I hate that damn leprechaun in the middle of the fucking floor. <laughs> I try to kick that shit. If I can get over there and just scrape his face uh, off. Right, but... You're trying to carry Irving now. Yeah, you're trying nah, to carry but you all know something. It was just the fact that we had, you know, it was the competition we had back then. It was never, you know, I I don't like Chief. I don't like, you know, Mikhail. I don't, I don't like Bread. You know, it's, it's not a dislike. It's just 48 minutes. I'm going to try to kill you because yeah. I want to beat you. And it's like, I ain't got no friendship with you for 48 minutes. You, I, Jeff Rulin is my brother. Bill Lambert, as much as people don't like him, he's my brother. But if I have to play, I'm trying to kick their ass. Yeah. And then and if we're really friends, you're going to tell me, you know, we'll go get something to eat after the game or something like that. But I never held any ill will to any of the players that played in my presence, you know, and the ones that played before me because I missed the Tommy Heinsons that talk all that shit, the Paul Silas's, and they be like, I'm sitting there. I, I remember telling Tommy, I said, I wish I'd have played back. I'd have kicked your ass. Tommy was like, he just, you know how, hey, Brad, you know how he pulled back and them shoulders get back? It's like, damn, I'm done pissed him off. I ain't messing with him. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I give all the players respect that played before me, and hopefully these guys is playing after me get the same respect. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I'm going to guess that the Celtics, was that the favorite team you like to go up against? If, if so, a particular player. If not, what's the team or player, your favorite uh, opponent? Well, mine was the Celtics because I was from Hartford, Connecticut. And I got tired of all them fuckers in Connecticut that were Boston fans. Ooh, Stop it. And, Stop and, it. And then, and oh, then, man, the hometown wasn't cheer for you? Uh, hell no, because they boot. Listen, this is when Brad and them knew my name. Ricky, kiss your mama. He said, kiss your mama, Ricky. That look, on Ricky, Doc Curly. Look, we got to set that up because it was such a beautiful moment. Rick, Rick <laughs> Mahorn coming back to Hartford. And something's oh, you guys are playing at Hartford. One of the games down in Hartford. And the mayor of. Uh, no, he Hartford wasn't the mayor. Up. He wasn't the mayor. That was the Doc Hurley, who was like the yeah, he was like yeah, ambassador. Yeah, well, the ambassador came out, and the ambassador just says all of a sudden he said, "Ricky," and Rick Mahomes' mom was there. All of a sudden he said, "Ricky, kiss your mama, Ricky, kiss your mama." <laughs> and for the rest of the night, that's all we were saying. Dur- Dur- hey, Rick look, Mahomes, kiss your mama. But Brad, Brad, I'm gonna tell you something. You know it's funny. That's with Larry Bird. When I think we're in a card together, I'm posting him up, and he's laughing and he is. He was telling me something. He's like, "Cause you started that shit. Kiss your mama, and then we planned." You started that man. Boot- hey, I listen, didn't they start bo- that shit. The they, the, the hey, they were started. booing me in Hartford. I'm like, "Well, motherfucker, I put, I'm from here." <laughs> hey, as soon as, soon as that shit started, I said, "Man, I hate Boston." And I ain't like I was rooting for the Knicks all the time. Oh, I couldn't stand. I couldn't stand Boston. Still don't like Boston. Yeah, he he doesn't know. Oh man, he, he Rick's like, yo, know. I'm the best dude to come out this city. What the hell's going on? Here's one of the things I found out about Rick. He will he won't remember this. He will not remember this thing. But the first time I saw Rick Mahorn oh, after a game, I saw him at a a IHOPS out in Landover. Maryland after the game up there with a fine light skin honey. I was like, I'm young fella. I said, I said you got it like that? I said, you like that? Hey, hey, listen. That's Hampton, baby. That was all <laughs> Hampton, boy. That HBCU ratio was 10 to 1. I wasn't bullshitting. Man, that, wasn't girl, back. that girl had what? That girl had not missed a meal because her booty was woo wee. I was like, damn girl. And it wasn't one of them. It wasn't one of them prefab booties either. No, no, they won't. That what do they call it? IBCs or whatever the hell. You're right, right. That's why I don't know shit. Natural. But it was. It was. You know what? Playing against and what I miss about not playing is the camaraderie. Yeah. You know, this see right now you see the camaraderie with me and Brad. Yes. We can sit down and have a great time and, and just go and you know, and everybody else we, it's all about respect. Not, not when we played though. Not when not, we played. Oh. Fuck that. 
I wanted a piece of that ass every time, and I didn't give a shit. I, I had did you, do you do you dislike the way it is today? Hold on. Real, Just real quick. I never got hit so hard before in my life. And oh, this, yeah? And I want to hear I want to hear I want to see you black. Never. I won't go there. But he, he hit me so hard and then stood over me flexing. <laughs> but I tell you what, I was going to get his ass back sometimes that night. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, I'm going to say, you know, compared to uh to, to today's game, I mean, do you do you think do you dislike that? I mean, you got guys going to each other's, you know, weddings and stuff. They guys, you know, they're hanging out, they're working out together during the offseason. Do you dislike that about today's NBA? No, I mean, this is what it is. It's it you know what it, as long as it doesn't translate on the court where you're playing brother-in-law ball, you know, if he comes in there, I mean, you ain't gonna hit your friend. Then I'm gonna hit your friend, and then I'm gonna hit your ass in practice the next day. Because I, I, I remember, and I ain't saying no names. Say a name, motherfucker. Yeah, give me one. Give me one. So I'm telling you know we play in Chicago, Brad. We play in Chicago, and I'm with Philadelphia. Okay. And I'm up here, you know, we playing them the next round with my after I left uh, Detroit, and I'm like, all right, we're playing Chicago. And we beat them four one during the regular season. That's when we won the division. And this one, and I told Barkley, I said, "All right, next thing uh, we gotta, you gotta hit Michael Jordan." No, that's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> the motherfucker. <laughs> Brad, you know I went like this. Brad, Brad, I went like this. Huh? Motherfucker, I want to fuck my friend up for 48 minutes. And every time Charles ain't fuck him up, we lost in the playoffs twice. And I'm sitting there going like, and then Charles gets to the finals with Philly. I mean, not with Philly, with, with Phoenix. Uh-huh. And they play, they play Chicago. And he was, I said, you know, and now they don't talk. So it's like, you know what? You should have hit that motherfucker. Yeah, right there. You know, yeah. Real, if, if these are your real friends, your real friends, look, I'll You're hit like, Fred. I'll, right. hit, I'll hit Lambeer. I'll hit, I'll hit Jeff Ruler. But we're going to go have some fun after. This is nothing. Don't take shit personal. This is what we do for a living. I don't like all that buddy, buddy shit. I ain't helping you up. I'd probably kick the shit out of you if I could. Here's a great question. Did you ever think that Charles Barkley was going to be as iconic as he is now? Because you've seen this growth from when he was in Philly to now to being like this bigger than life person. I, I've said I saw it because he was bigger than life when I when you know once the remember when he first got in the Sports Illustrated and trying out for the Olympics and you know, eating all this pizza, and they really did a great job of, uh, you know, advertising him, the round mound, the rebound, and then he gets in the league. That motherfucker was good. That yeah. motherfucker was good. When I tell you, he could that that tractor trailer truck would be moving, and he could get up in there. And I ain't never see a guy six foot four that can jump from a standstill and duck on two seven footers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, how, you know, but that, I thought he would be as iconic as he is. I think it's more the, the bullshit that he talks because he's been talking that bullshit since the first day that I played with him. And now all of a sudden it becomes, you know, it's popular in America's culture. And I ain't mad at him. Say what's on your mind. Make all the money in the world. Do do Charles Barkley Subway commercials. Uh, eat fresh, whatever. He's the new Black Jared. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so you know what? I ain't mad at him in his commercials. I, I mean, I respect any of the. I mean, all the places I saw. You know, I saw the other day, Brad. I saw the Brad Doherty. Wow. And Brad Doherty and his car racing, I was proud of just to talk to him about his car racing, you know, diversity outside of basketball. I just look, when I even see a junior Bridgman, you know, or Vinnie Johnson, guys that are doing yeah. stuff that's off the court, I'm so proud of that. I ain't got no jealousy in there. But then I also want to say, well, put a brother down. Well, I like some <laughs> cheese, too. When you, when you were talking to uh, Brad Doherty, does it sound like you're talking to a white guy? Uh, no, he country. Country boy. <laughs> he's, he, I, look, he gets down there. That, that's, he's got that country, that North Carolinian country, man. Uh, but I tell you, the boy, the Phoenix, I mean, you remember back in the day, Cleveland was – nobody mentions Cleveland. But yeah. they had him, Mark Price, uh, Harper, Ron Rod, Harper, Hot Rod. Oh man, and they the motherfuckers was balling back. Tell you, another then. dude that is under s underrated was was uh, Mike Mitchell. Oh, oh. <laughs> now that dude, I don't give a damn who you were guarding him. That damn jump shot. Me and Kevin McHale talked about that. We was like the dude that we couldn't stop. That was that dude that nobody ever talked about. I mean, he packed yep. out. That's his soul. He passed away, but man. He was a damn scoring machine. He would light so, your ass up. But you, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you what disappoints me about the new generation. They don't look at the past and see what the old generation has given us. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I don't, like I said, I'm, I'm excited for these, these young men, but when you look at it, do your homework. What was, what was this team before you, even before you, before you were born, because half of them don't even—they weren't even around. They have to look on the YouTube to see what I've done or what Brad has done. When you see us, talk to us. You know, we want—we want this this legacy to keep going. Because, like you just brought up, Mike Mitchell, I, I bring up Marcus and Mickey Johnson. Them two motherfuckers yeah. when they were on in Milwaukee, you go like, well, damn. Then you go Bob Lanier. Or they'll see somebody and say, do you, it ain't all about the Dr. J's. It ain't all about the the Larry Birds. It's all about them other worker, worker bees. Like, I, I look, I did my homework on Earl Lloyd. I was like, oh, man, the first black player to ever play in the NBA game. Or what did he have to go through in order for ooh, us to have ooh. better? Mm -hmm. You know, we. I, I mean, you got to look at these guys, him and uh, Ray Scott. Guys that come in this league and say, damn, did y'all, uh, you know, you, you see where we're standing at the Ritz Carlton's back then? They had to stay where the Negroes only. Yeah. Yeah. That, that or, was, that was, that was something that I talked to Sam Jones about. Uh, the great Sam Jones with the Celtics. He said he was in, uh, I think he's Fort Wayne, Indiana, and they were playing, mm -hmm. they were playing. And that day, the Pistons. yeah, they, they went someplace to eat. And he said, I was faster than anybody else. So I got my tray and I ran up there and I was going to check out. And the lady looked at him and said, sorry, sir, we don't serve colors. And I was like, damn. <laughs> and when he told me that, the look on his face was still hurt. But it yeah. was like, it's like, man, it was incredible. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah, if you ever do another, you know, if you want me back on, but that's what the history of the plight of the, the, the African-American in professional sports, 
I mean, these young men are staying in Ritz Carlton's Four Seasons, and then you go back, or you're eating in these top flight restaurants. But back then, you mm. couldn't eat; you had to go eat some slop over here, or they look at you and call you the N word, and you had to sit there, or you couldn't drink out of the water fountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or you couldn't <laughs> go in the bathroom. This, this, the segregation back then, and you go like. Damn, they did all. I, that's why when I coming from a historically black college, I I knew about that. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing that it was black, this is black history, and I'm built from black history. And you go like, we don't at a black college, we don't have the the training tables. We got to go to the cafeteria just like everybody else. <laughs> and, look, and if if you didn't get nothing to eat, you better make sure somebody on that on that your floor got a, one of them grills and get you a hamburger or something. Man, it, it, people. I mean, it's that's what I that's what I don't like about the new generation. They don't understand the history, the plight of the especially the African American uh, young men that are in there. Learn your history, knowing that. Someone had to do this in order for you to do that. Um, right, right. Well, Rick, I was going to say earlier, man. You mentioned uh, well, we talked about uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, I was thinking about 2020 and you know the Last Dance, how everyone's eyes were glued to the TV every Sunday with the world shut down, COVID shut down, and all that. What was that experience like for you? You know, he spent a, a good deal talking about the Pistons and getting over that hump. And just what was your reaction overall to to the to, to what he said about the Pistons and Isaiah and just the whole thing? Man, I ain't watched that shit. <laughs> Ten hours of my Come on, time Greg. I know you saw segments. I swear, I here's my right hand to God. I didn't watch that shit, and I didn't. Oh care about man, during the pen, that, what were you what were you, what were you doing Sunday night? Chilling, I watching, watching. I got I got kids and shit, but I got I had you know I'm sitting there watching movies and shit that I ain't seen in a long time. <laughs> I ain't traveled, but I wasn't watching no fucking Last Dance. I'm sorry, wow. Because the last time I remember when I was in the Pistons uniform, I whooped that ass. Ooh. All right. So we'll say, I, we'll I dropped the mic. I just dropped the mic. Yeah, <laughs> the mic, bro. Hey, man, thank you for coming on we'll with say. us, brother. We appreciate it. And uh, I'm going to see you down the road, man. i catch you in Detroit. Ain't nothing but love, Brendan. Had that motherfucker start calling me and texting me and shit. I told him. Rick, you loved it. You loved it. Hey, he hard-headed. You're going to have to. <laughs> All right. <laughs> slap slap. I forgot you was out west, Rick. I forgot you was no out west. No shit. <laughs> We'll holler later. All right, boy. Love y'all. Talk to y'all. Rick Mahorn, appreciate you.